Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Psalm 1. We'll be reading Psalm 1. There's only six verses in that psalm. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of the happy father. The happy father. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In your bulletin this morning, I gave you a, an outline of today's message. Because there are so many points, I wanted you to maybe write them down so that you could uh, remember those. But if you'll uh, do that this morning, I think it will help you. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for the privilege to share your word. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to speak on this Father's Day. I know that all of us who are fathers have a great responsibility. And I know we've all failed in some ways. But we thank you, Lord, that you've used us in spite of our failures. And that our children still can rise up and, and bless us and thank the Lord for us. I thank you personally, Lord, for the, the texts and the phone calls I got this morning from my children. And I thank you, Lord, for the fact that they love you and they are trying to serve you. And we appreciate that. But Lord, I ask that you might minister to us in this morning's service, and I pray that each father and each person here might realize that happiness truly comes from Jesus. And I pray that we'd honor you in all that's said today, and if there's anyone here who has never trusted Christ as their Savior, I pray that today they will. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Today, of course, is Father's Day, and I would like for us to center our attention upon this subject, the happy father. The dictionary defines happiness in different ways. The first definition I found was didn't help at all. <laughs> it said this, the state of being happy. <laughs> happiness is the state of being happy. Well, also another one said a state of well-being and contentment or joy pleasurable or satisfying experience. Another one said, the state or quality of being pleased and content. As you can see, human happiness is very subjective. People are pleased, contented, satisfied in different ways. What brings one person pleasure and satisfaction and contentment would not bring another person uh, that same contentment. It might some, but not everybody would experience that contentment. The uh, example of that is this past week. Many of us spent five nights uh, working in Bible school. And that was starting at 6.30, and some of you got here before that, going to 9 or after 9. And you worked in Bible school, and you were very busy. And you enjoyed watching the kids and seeing the kids enjoy the music, and you enjoying it as well. The Bible lessons the craft projects, the science experiments, the games, the snacks, and all that went into vacation Bible school. But the truth is, there are many people who would not have enjoyed last week. I mean, there's a lot of people who would 
who would feel so out of place if they were in the midst of what we were in the midst of last week in ministering to kids. They would not enjoy it. You were happy doing it, but not everybody would be happy doing that. Human happiness is also very deceptive sometimes. And that is many, many times people are happy and they really shouldn't be. You know, there are people that go out and get drunk and they're happy, they think. They're having a good time. But they shouldn't be happy because they realize later that it really wasn't happiness. There are people who go out and are carousing for a night and they commit immorality and they think they're happy in doing that, but it's really not. And many experience broken homes and broken health because of that. Many shoot up on drugs and they think, this is really going to get me high and make me happy. But they realize later that it didn't bring happiness. See, human happiness is very deceptive. And because it doesn't tell you about the consequences that are going to happen because of your choices that you thought made you happy. An example of that is the rich man in Luke 16. You remember the Bible describes him like this in verse 19. He was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. That's quite a description. That meant he had the finest clothes and all the pleasure he could want and all the possessions he wanted, he fared sumptuously every day. And yet in verse 22 and verse 23, it tells us that he shouldn't have been enjoying himself because he wasn't really experiencing true happiness because the choices he made was leading him to a, a bad place. Because it says in verse 22, the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes in torments, and then he said, I am tormented in this flame. He wasn't happy, and the sad thing about it is he's still not happy, and that's been over 2,000 years ago, and he's still burning. And so that's a bad thing uh, to think you're happy and then not be happy because your happiness was short-lived and uh, was, was not really true. It was just superficial, and you thought it was happiness, but it really wasn't. See, see God gives true happiness, and the happiness that God gives never deceives you. So if we want to know what a truly happy father is, maybe we should go to the scripture and find what God says makes a happy father. And I find it interesting that there are many descriptions in the Bible about a happy man or a happy father. And this is what God says. Now when God says this will make you happy, this will make you fulfilled. This will bring happiness to you. You should listen to the Lord, but some people don't want to know what God says. God who made them, designed them, and knows what's best for them, and knows what's in the future, understands everything. God says this will bring happiness. But many people say, I don't want to know what God has to say. I don't want to know what the Bible has to say. You take all the fun out of my life. I don't want that. And they turn away true happiness. But what does God say about a happy father? Well, first of all, the first point, and it's in your, on your list there, is a happy father knows the Lord. A happy father knows the Lord. The Bible says it like this in Psalm 145, verse 15. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. 146, verse 5 says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And Romans chapter 4, we looked at last week, verse 7 and 8, uh, says this, blessed, and when you find the word blessed in the Bible, it's the word happy. And uh, 
many scholars tell you when you find the word blessed in the Old Testament, you could probably translate it properly by saying happy, happy. And that's, and that's true happiness. And so the Lord says this, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So if you're not saved, you don't have true happiness. Because that unsaved condition, if it continues, is going to lead you to hell, and you'll be like the rich man. You had it good, you thought, but it didn't end up that way. You were on the wrong path. You really weren't happy. And so one of the things about a happy father is a happy father knows the Lord. If you're a father and you enjoy being a father and you love your kids and all that, one of the best things you could do is make sure that you're saved. Because if you're not saved, then your life is really going to be a disappointment. And it's going to end wrong. And if your children follow you and you're not saved, you don't want anything to do with God, but you want to provide for them, you want to give them a good education, we want to love them, you want to take them on trips, you want to be what was called a good father, and they follow you, and then they end up in hell just like you did, then that's not a good father. So a happy father knows the Lord. Also, a happy father reads his Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 1, we read it this morning, blessed is the man that is that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. If you want to be a happy father, then you need to read your Bible. I mean, your Bible tells you how to live. Your Bible tells you what to avoid. Your Bible tells you what choices to make. Your Bible helps you be a father. The Bible gives you instructions about all kinds of things. If you want to be a truly happy father, you need to read your Bible. And that goes for all of us, men and women, boys and girls. We need to read our Bibles. I hope you make a practice of reading your Bible every day. I know I encourage you at the beginning of the year to read your Bible through. You don't have to do that. That's not something you have to do or you displease the Lord, but you do need to read your Bible. And if you, if you discipline yourself to read so much a day, you find it helps because you get through the whole Bible. I mean, isn't it going to be a little embarrassing when you get to heaven, you've been saved for 30 years, and, and, you have to, and the Lord says, why didn't you read all my word? <laughs> oh, I read portions of it. Lord. Why didn't you? Wasn't it all important? Sure, it's all important. So God wants you to read his word. So, but a happy father, the Lord says, blessed is the man that meditates in his word. And so we need to do that to be a happy father. Also, the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, thy testimonies are the rejoicing of my heart. Proverbs 3, verse 13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Where do you get wisdom and understanding? In the Bible. So a happy father is a father who reads the word of God. The third thing is this. A happy father fears God. Fears God. Now, fear of God is not just, you know, we just, cra- we just get, a, you know, we can't stand the thought of God. He's so fearful and all that. That's not what it means. It means that we respect and honor the Lord. And we do have a fear. We want to know what he says, and we don't want to displease him. We know that he's a chastening God. We know that he can straighten us out, and sometimes that's not very good the way he does it. But, and so we have a fear of God. I grew up fearing my dad. I tell people one reason I've never drank. I, I never did have to quit drinking alcohol because I never started. I never tasted a beer. I never tasted wine. I never tasted any of it because I don't need to. 
I mean, I don't need to do all that. And, but the reason was not because I was such a good kid. <laughs> One reason was because of my dad. And my dad uh, sort of put the fear of the Lord in me. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't want to displease my dad, but it wasn't just because I was afraid of him, because I respected him. I still respect him. I signed my name. You notice when I signed my name, it's M. Earl. It's because my dad's name was Manford, and I'm not ashamed of that name. And his name was Manford, and I always signed it M. Earl. You see, I loved my dad, and I respected my dad, but I didn't want to displease my dad. It hurt me when I displeased my dad. I remember one time later when I was in college, I displeased my dad in a way, and he let me know in a letter, just a very simple statement. He said, you shouldn't do that, and it just broke my heart. <laughs> I was 300 miles away from him, but when I read that letter that he was displeased with me, it hurt me. And that's the way we respect God and we fear God. And a, and a father who, who, who is a happy father fears the Lord. The Bible says uh, in Psalm 128, verses, verse 1, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. The proof that you fear God is if you walk in his ways. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I fear God, but it's another thing to do what God says if you do fear God, and that is you walk in his ways. Uh, Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We need to determine what the will of God is. We need to determine what his way is. And if you fear God, you're going to want to know what he says. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not under thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and what's it say? And he will direct your paths. I remind you, Psalm 126 says, If you fear the Lord, you will walk in his ways. Proverbs says, He will direct your paths. So God has a path. He has a path for us, and we're to walk in that path. And if we fear God, we're going to walk in that path. We're going to want to walk in that path. We're going to want to choose to do what's right because we respect and we fear the Lord. The world's way, the flesh's way, and the devil's way will always disappoint. But I'll guarantee you the path that God gives you to walk down, it will never disappoint. And to your young people, I'd like to remind you that if you want to have a happy life, then you choose the path that the Lord has in store for you. The world will offer all kinds of opportunities and give you all kinds of suggestions of what to do. But you should always say this, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Direct my paths. Help me to do what you want to do. The happy father fears the Lord. And then the next thing is this, a happy father trusts in the Lord. Again, these are the words of the Bible. The Lord says this is a happy father. In Proverbs 16, verse 20, it says, Whoso, trust, whoso, whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Now, how can you get any clearer than that? You want to be a happy father? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust your own thoughts. Don't trust your, your bank account. Don't trust your health. Don't trust your influence. Don't trust your position. You trust in the Lord. And the Lord says, if you want to be a happy father, you trust in the Lord. Proverbs 34, verse 8. Oh, say, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed is the man. Blessed, happy, happy is the man that trusts in him. The Lord's good. Trust in him. I was, I was texting John the other day. He, he ends his text by saying, God is good all the time. <laughs> of course, I respond back, all, all the time God is good. Because he is, isn't he? God's good all the time. When we're sick, when we're well, when we have a lot of money, when we don't have a lot of money, uh, God's good all the time. And so we need to trust the Lord. We can count on him. We can believe him. Psalm 40, verse 4 says, Blessed or happy, happy is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Many people trust in all kinds of things. They trust in their bank account. They trust in their possessions. They trust in their health. They trust in the position they've earned of authority, you know, over some, peop- some people or whatever it might be. Some people trust in their popularity. That happens lots of times with teenagers when they're high school. They trust in their popularity. If they're popular, they think they're really something. If they're not popular, they think they've failed and they're not much good. Don't trust in that. Trust in the Lord. Some people trust in their relationships. But the Lord says, trust in him. Trust in the Lord. And happy is the person who trusts in the Lord. If you've gone through a situation and you're troubled by it and you don't know what's ahead, then you're not going to be happy if you try to figure it out and and just trust in your own thoughts or what you're going to do or trust somebody else to help you out. You need to trust the Lord and happiness will come when you trust the Lord because when things seem too big for us, they're not too big for God and you can trust him. So happy is the father who trusts in the Lord. Also, a happy father obeys the Lord. Psalm 1, verse 1, we read it a while ago. Blessed or happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What the ungodly tells you to do, what they suggest to you, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor do you stand stand in the way of sinners. Uh, That's sort of progression, you know, walking along in in the counsel of the ungodly, listening to what they're saying, and then standing in the way of sinners. You've sort of gotten comfortable with it, and you stand there with sinners. Or then he says or sit in the seat of the scornful. So walking, standing, and then sitting. You're really, you're really at home, and you're with the scorners. When you start walking in the counsel of the ungodly, it won't be too long that you'll be sitting in the seat of the scornful. And the Lord says, uh, you should not do that. He says, you should obey the Lord. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. He's turned down those disobedient things, and he obeys the Lord. The Lord is the number one in his life. Psalm 106, verse 3 says, Blessed are they that doeth righteousness at all times. Blessed are they that doeth righteousness at all times. Psalm 119, verse 2, Blessed are they that seek his testimony, and that seeketh him with the whole heart. So if you obey the Lord, you're going to be a happy person. Now, the world and the devil will tell you the opposite. And uh, young people need to listen today. The world will tell you that it's no fun. It won't make you happy if you do what God wants you to do. You know, if you go to camp or if you go to Bible school or if you go to Bible camp or all of those won't make you happy. God says you're happy when you obey the Lord and you do what God wants you to do. And so be happy and trust the Lord and obey him. Also, a happy father suffers for righteousness' sake. A happy father suffers for righteousness' sake. 1 Peter 3, verse 14 says, 
but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, you don't have to take my word for it. He says, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. So how do you be happy? Well, all the things we've mentioned, plus suffer for righteousness' sake. You say, well, if I do this, people are going to laugh at me. Or if I do this, it's going to hurt me financially. If I, you know, I could cut corners and I'd be better in financial shape. But if I do this, it's going to hurt me financially. If I give to the Lord like he wants me to give to him, it's going to hurt. I mean, I won't have as much money. And I can't pay all these bills. God says, trust in him and do what's right. And if you have to suffer for righteousness, suffer for righteousness. Because the Lord says, but and if ye suffer for righteousness, happiness, happy are ye. 1 Peter 4, 14. But it says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Now turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. I haven't had you turn much this morning, but Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at that passage. It's very familiar to you. But it's right along this line, suffering for righteousness' sake. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. It says, blessed, that means happy. Happy are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So the Lord says, if you want to be happy, just get on the right team. Get on the right side and do what's right. And when suffering comes, just stand up and take it and go ahead and do what's right, even if they make fun, even if they mock at you, even if it costs you, do what is right. And the Lord says, you'll be happy when you do what is right. And not only be happy here, but you'll be happy when you get before the Lord because there'll be rewards for people who do what is right. God wants us to do what is right. Turn your Bibles to James. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed, here's the word happy. Happy is the man, or blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Happy are you when you endure temptation. You know, suffering for Jesus is not, only, is not only when people make fun of you or you have to pay a cost for it or anything like that. Suffering for Jesus sometimes is just the hardness of resisting a temptation. And sometimes resisting a temptation, something that would be so appealing to you, it seems. But you know it's wrong and you say no. It's like Joseph made that decision, you know, in Potiphar's wife. And she kept after him every day. And finally, she laid hold of him, and he just left his coat in her hands, and he ran. And he resisted the temptation. He ran from the temptation. He endured temptation, and he would not give in to it, and he was happy. Did Joseph have a happy ending because of that? Oh, yes, he did. He would have shortcutted God's purpose for him uh, and missed all the blessings if he hadn't have been true to the Lord. And so you endure temptation. And sometimes those temptations are not just moral things, they're other things as well. And you all know what you're facing. You know the temptations that you face. 
Maybe it's just a temptation to uh, cut a corner, <laughs> you know, not be exactly truthful, a little deceiving, and, and there's a temptation to do that. And the Lord says, don't give in to that temptation. Endure temptation, and happy is the man that does that. And so a happy father suffers for righteousness' sake. Now let's look at number seven. A happy father is chastened by God. Now, now we look at that and we say, now wait a minute, that's not fun. Uh, that's not fun. The Lord says happy. Happy is the man that's chastened for the Lord, by the Lord. Job 4, 5, verse 17. Now Eliphaz, he was, he was one of the friends of Job, and you can't count on everything these friends of Job said because they, you know, they were on the wrong side and figuring out what was wrong with Job. But he did say something that was good. He said this, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Now we know that's true because not just because he said it, because it appears other times in the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 94, verse 12, Blessed or happy is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. Happy is the man who you chase, chasten, O Lord. Now, the Bible describes it in the book of Hebrews, if you'll turn with me there to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 5. It says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. When God chastens you, don't, just don't say, oh, just give up. It's not worth it trying to serve Jesus. I mean, oh, it's it, not worth it. The Lord says, don't you despise the chastening of the Lord, and, or, and, nor faint when you're rebuked of him. Then notice this. For whom the, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Would you rather get away with a sin or have God chasten you for it? The Lord says God chastens his own because he loves them. So if you're a child of God and you've recently done something you shouldn't do and the Lord's chastened you for it, you should say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you didn't let me go down that path. Thank you you stopped me before it got so bad. Thank you, Lord, that you chastened me, even though maybe I committed this sin, and you chastened me and humbled me and brought me back to yourself. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't let me go. You know, there's a many a child who would love to have a chastening parent. I mean, a, a parent that loves them and chastens them when they do wrong and does it the right way, but lets them know, you can't go this way. I love you so much, I don't want you to do this because it's going to hurt you. And believe it or not, parents know more than the kids do. <laughs> Most of the times. <laughs> Some unsaved parents don't, but... Uh, your parents usually know more than the kids do. And when a parent who loves you chastens you, it's because they do love you and they don't want you to experience what they've seen other people experience because they've gone down that road. And so as a child should be thankful they have a parent that loves them enough to tell them no, we should be thankful we have a Heavenly Father who loves us enough to tell us no. And so you can be happy that God chastened you. It also says, and we read on, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? I mean, if you're a good father, you, you chasten your children. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons? 
We don't like to use that word, but God uses it here, and it means that they're Ill- you're claimed to be something that you're not. If you claim to be a child of God and you, do, and you sin and God just lets you go, never bothers you with it, never troubles you with it, uh, you just have a good time doing it, then you're not, you don't belong to the Lord. You're not truly saved. Because if you're truly saved, God would discipline you. And so happy is the person that lets, has God discipline them because they know he loves them. And then he says this, Furthermore, we, had, we have had fathers of our own flesh with, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father's spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. God chastens us for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. He wants us to be like him. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Don't be sad that God chastened you. Be glad God chastened you. So a happy father is chastened by God. The next thing we want to notice, and this also is found in the Scripture, and that is a happy father bears fruit. A happy father bears fruit. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But then verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. The happy man is going to be a fruitful man because he obeys the Lord. And a happy man bears fruit. Psalm 126, if you'll turn back with me to Psalm 126, I want to look at a couple parts of that psalm. Verses 1 to 3, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. You see, we're happy because the Lord's delivered us. Everybody here that knows Jesus Christ as your Savior, you should be able to smile when you think about what Jesus did for you. You might have lost somebody very dear to you. You might have gone through a terrible uh, trouble and trial. And you might be hurting from that. But to know that even in the midst of this, God loves me. And God saved my soul. And sometime, someday I, I'm going to be in heaven with him. I'll not have to go to hell. We have a lot to be thankful for. And we can smile in the midst of trouble. And that's what he's talking about here. The Lord delivered them. And because he delivered them, they told everybody about it. And they praised the Lord. And so a, a happy father bears fruit. A fruit of praise. But then also we notice another thing. Look at verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And this probably refers to us sharing the gospel, sharing the, the good news about Jesus to other people. Back in the Old Testament, sharing about the Lord. In the New Testament, we know much more than they did in the Old Testament. So we share about the death of Christ and his resurrection and we share the gospel, and somebody comes to know the Lord as our Savior, and we reap the fruit of souls. And so God says a happy person is a person who brings forth fruit. 
And so a happy father brings forth fruit in his life. And then let's notice the next thing. A happy father agrees with God about the value of children. Look, one, look at Psalm 127. You're already there in that passage, in that place. And notice for Psalm 127. It says in verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the, with the enemies in the gate. Happy is the man who agrees with God about the value of children. I mean, there are a lot of people today who don't agree with God. They don't want God's blessing. They don't want God's gift. They want to abort that child. And uh, that's one of the reasons we have a labor shortage today. I don't know if you ever thought about it. It's because we've been killing so many babies, <laughs> millions of them every year. And so there's not that many people. And uh, years ago, I remember the base, baseball coach came to me. I was a pastor in West Virginia. In those years, they, they asked me to come and pray before the Little League ball game. <laughs> you know, everybody in the stands, and they asked the preacher to come and pray. But he told me one time, he says, Pastor, he said, we don't have as many kids this year. And I said, well, one reason, they're killing all of them. Not all of them, they're killing a bunch of them. And they were back then. They're still doing it today. But... Um, People don't value children like they should, but God does. And so happy is the person who values children. It says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now today, you've probably heard some people say something like this. You know, a wicked day like such as we live in, I believe it'd probably be wise for us not to bring up kids. Because what's going to happen to our kids and our grandkids they come up in a day like this? And so some people decide they're not going to have children because of that. Let me say, that's not God's will. It's not God's will for Christians to quit having kids because the day is so wicked. What's God's will is for them to have children, raise them up in the way they should go so that they can be a testimony to this world. And God wants us to be a testimony. What would have happened? I, I quote um, uh, John Phillips in his commentary on Psalm, and he says this, uh, Suppose the parents of Elijah had reasoned that it was sinful to bring children into such a world as theirs. Suppose they had said Omri the king is such a wicked man, he walks in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebad who made Israel sin. In fact, he's the worst of all the kings before him. It would be best for us to have no children. If they had said that, Elijah wouldn't have been there. He said, suppose the, the parents of Moses has reasoned like that. Suppose they had said, Pharaoh has commanded all boy babies to be thrown into Nile. We are living in a ghetto. It's not safe to have children. Moses wouldn't have been born. But God has a purpose for all children. When God sees that this poor old world is wrong and needs writing of a truth or a truth that needs preaching or a benefit that needs inventing, he sends a baby into the world to do that. Of course, the greatest example is Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. You see, we need to value children, and the happy father looks at the child that God has given them and gives him and says, oh, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for this blessing. And then finally, a happy father has children who obey him. A happy father has children who obey him. 
Proverbs 10, verse 1 says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. A wise son maketh a glad father. So a happy father has children who obey him. Proverbs 23, verse 24 says this, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. The, thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. A happy father's children obey him. Proverbs 29, verse 15 says a similar thing. It says, The rod and reproof give wisdom to a child left, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother's shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgressions increase, but the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. And so a child that obeys the father makes a happy father. So a happy father has children who obey him. John said this in a spiritual, in a spiritual sense of having children. He said this in Second John, or 3 John verse 4. I have no greater joy than to, than to hear that my children walk in the truth. It makes a father happy when he has children who serve the Lord. It makes a father happy when he has children who, who, serve, who do what God wants them to do and are directing their children to follow the Lord as well. That makes a happy father. Well, if we depend on money, possessions, health, position, popularity, relationships to make us happy, our happiness will be short-lived and it will fluctuate. But if we center our life on the Lord, we can have happiness that endures. Happiness by knowing Him, happiness by reading His Word, by fearing Him, trusting Him, obeying Him, suffering for righteousness' sake, accepting chastening from the Lord, bearing fruit for Him, agreeing with Him about the value of children, and then happiness that comes when our children obey the Lord. We will be a happy father if we do that. I want to close by looking back at Psalm 1, and I want you to notice something. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, but you're a father, you might want to notice this. It says in verse 4, The ungodly are not so. Remember, he said, Happy is the man. Happy is the man. But then he says in verse 4, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgments or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. To be a truly happy father, you need to obey God and love Him and serve Him. And the, and the opposite of that, of not being what God wants you to be, is that you will not be happy. You will not have true happiness here, and you will not have true happiness in eternity because you will perish. If you don't know Jesus, I hope you'll trust him today. If we know the Lord is our Savior, as most of us probably do, let's make sure that we have true happiness as defined by the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us of these truths. Lord, I know that everything we've mentioned today that makes for a happy father is what you've told us in your word. All of these ingredients... It's what you said, Lord, would make us happy. Help us to believe that and to follow them, we pray. If there's someone here not saved, we ask today they would trust Jesus. We ask in his name. Amen.